This CIO Talk Radio Solution Spotlight is brought to you by HP. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio Solution Spotlight, and here is your host, Sunjog All. Welcome, listeners. This is Sunjog All, your host, and the topic for today's conversation is Can's SAP HANA hold up to scrutiny? And I have with me Dr. Jeffrey Wirt, who's the Vice President of Product Strategy with SAP. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Great. Honored to have you. And we have Dr. Chris Nockenwet, who's the Chief Technology Officer of Enterprise Application Services with HP. Hello, Chris. How are you? Very good. Very good. Thanks for having us. Great, great. So, in-memory computing is finally breaking into the mainstream with all of the major players taking a stake in its evolution. There are many solutions being offered today, but where can IT practitioners start? We've invited Chris and Jeff to explain how IT leaders can identify the real value of an in-memory solution like SAP HANA as implemented by HP for their organization. So, Jeff, starting with you, what makes SAP HANA a viable solution and what are some of HANA's core differentiators? Well, that's a great question. What we see today in the in-memory is really what SAP has been pioneering since uh, the mid-2000s is deriving out of the, the best practices of what we've learned from you know operating the world's most mission-critical um, complex applications over the last 40 years to design a new architectural layer for, for the database industry. And coming from SAP's perspective of an applications um, company, we really decided to build the next generation data layer for applications to not only power innovation, but to overcome a lot of the efficiencies of the previous architecture of disk-based databases. And because of that, now you see all of the other database vendors kind of following SAP's lead into this new architecture for in-memory databases. And the really critical thing about SAP is it was built from the ground up, from the first line of code, to be a disruptive new innovation in the database world. This isn't something that was kind of warmed over or bolted on um, as an accelerator. This really is a natively developed in-memory database that does both transactional OLAP and OLTP and, and analytical both equally well and is designed to do both at massively, massively scaled volume. And so that really is the biggest differentiator from, from what people see in SAP HANA and, and the other in-memory architectures out there are. The HANA really was designed from the very first line of code to be a mission-critical, infinitely scalable, bet-your-company-on-it database um, to run not only your existing enterprise applications, but all kinds of innovative new applications that you can build now in this world of no constraints. So how can interested parties identify use cases where in-memory will be valuable to them? Well, that actually is the hardest thing about in-memory technology. It, it is a little bit different under the hood than, than what people are familiar with with current databases, but there's a lot of similarities too. But really where we see most of um, our customers are struggling is they know that this is going to be the next big architecture. They know that this is a journey they need to start to, to transition towards, but they oftentimes have a difficult time figuring out where that initial value use case is going to be. And so what we see is customers are trying you know, HANA in a lot of different ways. The most exciting for me, at least, and, and I know Chris as well, the opportunities to do things that have never been done before. These really innovative, brilliant new ideas that companies have that are impossible to do in the architecture of a regular disk-based database. So that really is a really cool thing is where you take a, an idea from the whiteboard to execution with this new technology to really drive a massive amount of business value and do things that have never been done before. But we also see people doing things where they're speeding up um, existing you know, transactional issues that they've got where you know it might take four or five hours for a batch run and now they can do it in a couple of seconds to traditional 
traditional data warehousing um, types of use cases where, you know, things that take them, you know, a week from doing the transaction to actually seeing the reports, now they can do it in a matter of seconds. Those types of more traditional use cases that are, are bound by the constraints of the disk-based architecture, really HANA can come in and eliminate all of that latency in there. But like I said, the really amazing stuff is where people are starting to see is this ability to take an innovative new idea and bring it out in just a week or two, a massive scale of users and do things that have never been done before. So Chris, is this like based on Jeff's response, it looks like it can literally fix anything and everything. Is this truly a panacea? Well, it's not. It's not. I, I, I think in-memory computing has certainly a very important role to play in the evolution of enterprise application computing as we're moving forward, as it is not just applications that are affected, but also the platform. But there are many other applications within a, a very large company, like manufacturing execution systems, for example, uh, or legacy applications, or even specialized uh, analytics that contain an enormous amount of business rules and complex interactions that cannot just directly be transferred over to the new platform. I'm looking at it very often from a heavily customized business processes area. Some processes are extremely stable. So if somebody needs a rule of thumb, you can look at it from, is something really stable? and it's working, why necessarily move it if there is no business value and impact on it? So you have to look at, at the whole platform of HANA, not just the applications, but also the cloud computing that comes underneath it through the HP offerings in a way as a perspective of the impact to the business. So if no impact to the business, direct impact to the business, why then move it to HANA? I have seen other use cases where we can see a resurgence of interest in responsive supply networks, for example. We can do things we couldn't do before, like sales and operations planning, demand signal management, much more advanced and fine-grained responsive replenishment, as well as in the customer and channel excellence area, we can do trade promotion effectiveness and sales pipeline analysis and predictive segmentation, stuff that were not even possible in the previous platforms being added by SAP on top of this platform, enabling it via the in-memory construct. Yeah, and so I just wanted to add on that. I completely agree. Um, you know, SAP is not saying um, or promoting that HANA is the solution for everything um, or that every application should run on HANA. It's more of an issue of technically they all could. It speaks pure SQL and has all of the different platform capabilities you'd expect from a regular database for an application. So technically they could all run on that. But we as well um, promote the idea to our customers that the business value um, from this new technology as an enabler is really where you have to focus for these use cases. And some of them are about speed and execution, but it's way more than that. It's about really figuring out what that business value is, how it's going to transform your business. And if it's not a really compelling case today, that's fine. There's a lot of other opportunities where you can get this into your architecture that, that are much more compelling, much bigger business value. So it's really an issue of not just can you do it, but what should you do? And that's really where we see people focusing their efforts right now is really identifying those initial use cases where it's going to have maximum impact. So Chris, would you say that there is a one-size-fit-all solution available so you can put that one in and take it and broad stroke it across multiple industries and situations and life is good? No, no, there is no such thing. And I would even suggest that this is nearly impossible. I would imagine that SAP, as we can see from portfolio developments, are exceedingly focusing on industry, industry solutions and verticalized solutions. So you will see even more applications aligned to sub-segments of an industry. For example, the dairy industry versus the food industry within food, right? They have very different requirements and you will see more and more applications that were not 
possible before being developed for these particular subsegments of a particular industry. So no, it doesn't fit all, and it certainly will be very diverse in its application as we're moving forward. And people will also use the platform for new things, things we couldn't do before. As I mentioned, for example, predictive segmentation or the ability to unite all data in a sales and operations planning exercise. This was literally not possible before uh, through a standard application. Now it's possible because of the speed and the ability of the platform to assemble an enormous amount of data and continues to keep it updated real time. So no, no one size at all. Jeff, when you look at the different organizations who may be attempting to go this route or at least contemplating going the in-memory computing route, what type of assessments in terms of their readiness they should perform to make sure that they can really take this on and make the most value, create the most value for themselves? Yeah, um, again, it all starts with the business case. And the business case really defines the scope of, of what technology or what, what disruption is going to be, be imposed upon the architecture that they have today. And so in many cases, there is no preparation. Um, we literally can come in and do a, a design thinking workshop with a customer um, on Monday, and they can be live on the system on Friday. So they can be a standalone, it can be running in the cloud, etc. Um, so those from a, a smaller use case perspective can be completely non-disruptive, and, and there really isn't much preparation. On the other side, this can involve a full-blown migration of your entire enterprise architecture. And we have a lot of companies that are, are going through that process right now. Thousands of people um, going through trainings and, and getting skilled up to be much more valuable in this new world because they're going to be performing slightly different tasks than they did before. DBAs are not going to be just um, regular guys doing backups and, and defrags and things like that. They're going to become much more of, of data architects and really looking things holistically. So it really really can go from very, very small to very, very, very big. But the most important thing is, is companies need to start thinking about their IT architecture as an enabler for business capabilities and driver of business value. And that really is a, a across the board, small and big, and something that everyone needs to look at. We often advise people that the best way to look at it is to think small. I mean, think big, but start small. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, Chris, let's discuss what due diligence you would advocate an organization should take and inventory what pitfalls they may get into. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio Solution Spotlight. Welcome back. So, Chris, what due diligence do you advocate that an organization must perform upfront to avoid common pitfalls and issues? And before you answer this question, how about giving us an inventory of some of the common pitfalls and issues that you may be facing or your organizations you are supporting may be facing? Yes. A very common pitfall is the companies underestimate the amount of customization that exists within their current applications. So it is not just migrating data from one database to another. There's uh, a lot of integrated functionality between applications that also needs to be moved over. And this is from 
what I have seen so far, one of the most underestimated efforts as we're moving applications over to the HANA platform. So this is also brings me actually to the whole point around due diligence, where we actually suggest to customers to conduct significant house cleaning of their major applications. It's, it's very important to redocument the current solutions, both from a technical landscape perspective, from a, a custom code perspective, and also from a business process perspective, because the, one of the major advantages of the, of the new platform is that SAP is providing new functionalities and enables new business processes that can come in and add to your current palette and, and inventory. So from that perspective, the redocumentation of the enterprise architecture is an important exercise, especially as you start involving the solution and system integrators into the effort. If you look at it from that angle, there's also a lot of misunderstanding where HANA really plays in and where and how people should build a business case around HANA. For example, should the business case be on agility, on speed? Uh, Jeff mentioned a couple of examples. For example, we know from production planning and MRP that going from a six-hour MRP to a six-minute MRP means that the, this particular manufacturing company can actually create many more different types of components within the same planning period, given the setup of the manufacturing machinery. But literally, the business case behind the movement is also one of the very underestimated components of this uh, transformation and a very uh, significant pivotal part of the due diligence. Jeff, what would be some of those uh, success stories and or case studies that you would like to point towards so that the organizational decision makers can listen to it and say, this is something that we should, we must invest that is an in-memory computing? Yeah, um, some of the ones that, that pop to mind, and, and we have thousands of these at this point live running on HANA, some of them are, you know, fall into the category of doing the same thing faster, better, and cheaper than they have before. Like Chris mentioned, you know, doing MRP instead of a six-hour run, it does six minutes. We actually have, uh, you know, hundreds of people that have done 10,000 times faster um, reports and transactions. Now, those aren't terribly transformational from a business on face value, but when you actually look under the hood, it transforms fundamentally the way that the user interacts with the system. Instead of, you know, hitting enter at five o'clock that night as I leave the office and then getting the answer somewhere around noon the next day, and then they can get their job done. If they can get an answer within a second or two, it turns the system into a conversation piece. And it also allows them to do simulations and what ifs. And if I change that variable, if I move this out, if I push that around, it allows them to really start to understand the impact when they're not waiting around for that system. So even though it might on the surface, those use cases might seem like, well, it's just faster. It really does transform the way that you get value out of those applications. And on the other side, you have a lot of them that are involved in doing things that literally cannot be done today. We have lots of customers that are doing stuff that it just physically can't be done. There's not a system big enough on the planet. HP doesn't make a server big enough that uh, that you could run these things because of the way that it was architected in the old world um, with the disk-based database and just, just struggling to get data off of that disk. And so now that we do have everything entirely in RAM all the time, and we have all of these engines inside HANA that can execute these incredibly complex algorithms on the data inside the database, we can now do a bunch of magical things that literally with data could never be done before and do them on the fly and in real time. And that really changes the way that, that companies start to look at the business processes that they, they execute and the types of value that they bring to their customers. Um, my favorite one in, in the world is actually MKI Industries or Mitsubishi 
Mitsubishi Knowledge Industries um, in Tokyo. And what they do is they take personal genome maps of, of people for cancer treatments and come up with a personalized cancer treatment for you um, based on your own personal genome and the, the specific type of cancer you've got and then the histories of what other people with that type of cancer have been treated by. And it used to take them several weeks and hundreds of thousands of dollars to generate this personalized plan. And now by putting HANA in there and adapting that application to use HANA's capabilities under the hood, they can actually do it in less than, than 20 minutes while you're sitting in the doctor's office and do it for less than $1,000. That is a totally transformational thing that they can now provide a service that they could never do in the past. And this really actually affects people's quality of life pretty significantly when, when you have that ability. And so those types of things are the ones, like I said, they personally excite me the most, but it might not be a business value that, that there's associated with. It might be much more than that, you know, a, a quality of life value. So people really need to look at that and try and understand where those use cases are that, that this technology can add value up front and in, a, in incremental ways, but then also at the same time, look for those really transformational opportunities that you can do things that have never been able to be done before because it was too impossible with the technology or too costly to try and attempt. Chris, what, what are some of the case studies of success that you feel most proud of? Yeah, I mean, I'm extremely proud of some of the work that we're doing on, on BW and HANA because BW and HANA is the most widespread usage of the platform right now. And I can see that companies have start moving away from pure analytics and start thinking about using, achieving a business goal with the analytics. Uh, we have an example of a Chinese food company that improved their day sales outstanding five to seven times. And that had actually a significant impact on their stock price because they were actually able to report on this on this improvement. They also allowed them to have real visibility of, of the data and also make decisions in a more timely and rational manner. I have another example from the U.S. of a company that was able to use the COPA functionality, the profitability analysis for trade promotions, uh, running on nine minutes instead of 28 hours, and that meant that they could make many more fine-grained decisions where they should allocate their scarce trade funds uh, for maximum impact with the products that they were launching into the market. So now, they were, instead of waiting throughout the weekend, they would actually launch it on Monday and still throughout the week make small adjustments as the shipments were actually arriving at the retailer's areas. Finally, another one is a very large beverage company where we, we improve the data load times of external data into the actual database seven to ten times. So they were able to load point-of-sales data and make actual decisions on the data within the day. All these things, they sound a little bit mundane. But in the end, they have a significant impact on the company's relationship with its supply network, with its downstream customers and retailers, as well as the ability to understand how they can move and optimize the overall supply network around them. So, Jeff, for any cutting-edge organization, the creation of new applications for innovative processes and or business models is very crucial. So how do you see SAP HANA helping improve and accelerate any of these creations for these applications? Oh, that's a great one. And that's actually where we have some of the most incredible use cases as well are for these new things that literally can never be done. We have over 3,000 startups that have joined with SAP HANA um, and based their, their algorithm, their idea on HANA to do something that's never been done before um, because now they have the capabilities of this new platform. And that really is the difference is once companies understand the capabilities of this new platform and really kind of the, the, the paradigm shift in programming a approach from the old world of doing things in a disk-based database, all of a sudden there's a flood of new ideas. And one of the greatest things that I've seen, and I know Chris sees this a lot as well, is 
see customers um, or companies out there that have an idea, some business leader has an idea that he thinks is, or she thinks is going to be very transformational to the company, and they draw what they want it to look like on a whiteboard, and the IT guys um, sit there and can translate that using the tools and the power of SAP HANA into a solution for them in just a couple of days. And when they start to see that and, and you watch their, their first reactions to, to that kind of evolution in just a few few days from an idea on a whiteboard to actual business value on, at their fingertips, that is a truly amazing and transformational thing. And so as companies start to experiment with that, HANA is much more about just like I said, doing the things that you do today faster, better, and cheaper, it does that obviously extremely well. But it's about this power of being able to extend those those mundane things, as Chris said, into incredibly new, cool, sexy things because they, they were impossible to do in the old world. So, Chris, anything that you would like to add to the type of applications that could be worked upon leveraging SAP HANA? Yes. We are actually surrounded by Generation Y, people, youngsters that are used to leverage systems of engagement, mobility devices, smartphones. So their interaction with transactional systems are changing. They want to be much more flexible. And, and also, whilst in the midst of a particular interaction with a transactional system, start asking questions, you know, how can I reduce customer product return rates? You know, what was the biggest bottom line impact of that particular trade promotion? And what happened with day sales outstanding with this particular customer? And, and who is the best customer profile for, you know, prone for loyalty rewards? So you see people starting to combine a multitude of requests and questions around a particular decision process of for example, allocating an order and a discount to a particular customer. Now, HANA, as Jeff mentioned, there are a number of drivers that enables us to build, for example, through the Sybase event stream processor and the mobility front end, much more demand, demand event-driven applications that were not possible before. And there's a lot of opportunity to build lightweight applications with Fiori, for example, that can live in all kinds of interfaces from iPad, iPhones, Android, and of course, normal Microsoft setup. And the most important thing is the event-driven nature of the new applications. Uh, typically, before we had a transactional sequence of things, you had to complete the purchase requisition, then you had to go to purchase orders, group them. So there was like a sequencing. Now we see many of these things being able to be done based on events. So when the purchase orders, for example, purchase acquisitions reach a certain level, then you can actually group them immediately. The system can do that in a way that it was not possible before. It was, it was too heavy uh, logistically and programmatically to build this kind of logic within the systems. Now it's possible. So I think that the key focus here is the ability to build a lightweight, event-driven applications that were not possible before. So, Chris, what investments HP is making towards helping organization in getting the most value out of the SAP HANA platform? That's a really good question, given that HP and SAP have had a very long partnership and relationship, and we have been working collaboratively around the SAP HANA platform. We have done considerable investments in trying to integrate technologies on the hardware level to enable the platform to function at, it, at its optimum. And we're continuing to make these investments to not only improve the platform, but also improve the opportunity to virtualize the platform and expand the capabilities. We are very soon going to announce the HANA Hawk box that will enable you to create a scale-up infrastructure up to 24 terabytes, and it can then be scaled up to nearly an endless setup. 
that enables us to build uh, really large-scale real-time data repositories. On the software group side, HP has invested considerable money in enhancing the cloud service automation software that will enable HANA to live in a, in a, in a private or virtual private cloud and enable applications to work at their optimum as well as deployed faster within a multitude of cloud constructs within HP's hybrid cloud construct. The um, final point that I want to make is services. We are we're specializing a lot of our platform and application lifecycle services for SAP HANA, and we have been collaborating with SAP on Solution Manager and a number of other platform-specific applications like landscape virtualization management to enable us to move applications around in, in a multitude of constructs, for example, between a a public cloud for testing, and in a private cloud for execution and rollout and deployment. We have built a considerable organization, a HANA COE, that focuses on assessments and accelerated migration. And we're contributing already into SAP's rapid deployment solutions portfolio by building a lot of RDSs ourselves and working also to build rapid deployment appliances. So there's a broad palette of investments across a number of areas from hardware, software, services that range from implementation acceleration services to operational acceleration. Finally, Chris, what is your message to the enterprise IT leaders who wish to embark on this journey within memory? What things they should do, what they should watch out for, and what's the future for them? And not more for the future, but what is it that they should do to go about making the most value of this new computing paradigm? Yes, HP views SAP HANA as a very central environment for the future of all SAP-centric ecosystems out there in companies and enterprises. We view it as a single environment where you can combine and marry analytics, transactions, and planning in a flexible and seamless interaction that will allow the organizations to move away from how the platform works and rather focus on what are the business outcomes of the initiatives that they're driving with the business and what is the impact of these initiatives to the business. Jeff? Yeah, the, I think the key thing that, that people need to understand is this is uh, not something that, that can be ignored at this point. Um, we're well, well past the point of, of market acceptance on this. And what people need to understand is, you know, SAP is the world's largest business application provider. We've bet the entire future of our company on HANA, and that, that's not hyperbole or overstatement in any way. That's the absolute truth. Um, so much so that all of the other database vendors have now added in-memory capabilities to theirs and, and, you know, following our lead. So this is not something that's going to go away. It's not something that, that people can ignore. And so I want to ask, you know, all of the listeners, this is something you need to think about because it is a transformation. It is a, a transition from an old, uh, older, you know, disk-based architecture to a new in-memory-based architecture. There are some pitfalls. It's not a panacea. And what they need to do is they need to really stop and think about the business value. And at each step along this transition, really identify what the business value is going to be, and only do things that bring significant business value at each one of those steps. Um, they need to plan out what that roadmap is for, for getting onto this new architecture bit by bit by bit. But as, as Chris has said, and, and, and I'll repeat, this is a holistic approach. It, it's not a piece-by-piece piece thing um, in the long term. Um, it's a piece-by-piece piece thing as, as we progress towards that over the next few years. 
but SAP believes that most of our customers are going to have HANA as the core backbone of their enterprise in the next few years. And, and we're developing all of our applications have been ported to it, and, and we're developing you know hundreds of new applications and innovations that are going to be powered by it. So it's something that needs to be thought about seriously and start planning on today. But I, I want to stress again that business value is the driver for this. And so each step along that path, make sure that you've, you've clearly identified the business value and you make sure you achieve that um, before moving on to the next step. Once again, thank you so much, uh, Chris and Jeff, for sharing your thoughts and insights on our Solution Spotlight segment. My pleasure. My pleasure. And listeners, I invite you to find more conversations about in-memory computing as part of our series at www.ciotalkradio.com slash in-memory computing. Thank you for listening to CIO Talk Radio Solution Spotlight. For related programming, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. This CIO Talk Radio Solution Spotlight has been brought to you by HP. 